Hey there, this is John, and I want to take a quick minute to let you guys know about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. You don't even have to do anything. Your podcast will be heard on Spotify, Apple, Google, and many more listening platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now back to the show. You are now entering Armbar Audio. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Armbar Audio. Tonight is episode 3 of 6 and 60, and tonight we have some great uh, topics to talk about, but oh yeah, there's something else. We're going to kick it off tonight. We're going to kick it off tonight. Let me make sure I can hear it. Okay, we're going to kick it off tonight with breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking literally as of, like, what, an hour ago, two hours ago? Yes. Um, so this came through Twitter, as most news now nowadays does. Um, it has to do with Zelina Vega. So Zelina Vega at, it was 5.45 p.m., Eastern Time today. Tweeted out the words, three words, I support unionization. What happened next, Timothy? Yeah, within 10 minutes, the WWE made a statement saying that they released Zelina Vega and wishing her the best in her future endeavors. Now, this all comes off the heels of of a month or two ago, Vince McMahon told his independent contractors, not his employees, that they couldn't do anything on third-party applications like Cameo or Twitch. Right. People couldn't make money elsewhere from the outside of the WWE. They weren't able to... Uh, you know, uh, send messages to people like Cameo. Uh, you couldn't tw- do your Twitch with your games and everything. And uh, a few weeks ago, Paige, who I don't know why is still employed by WWE. If anyone knows, please let me know. Uh, but she talked about how she was reading about unionization And her last Twitch stream was like a week or so ago, and it was very sad. But apparently the money that WWE gives her is more important than the heartbreak of her losing her Twitch. We've seen AJ Styles put his Twitch (laughs) on hold. Um, Many wrestlers are getting off the third-party applications. Um, Chris Jericho had... Uh, Andrew Yang, who is a former 
Democratic presidential hopeful from this year. And uh, Andrew Yang loves wrestling, and he spoke a lot on independent contractors versus employees and such. Yeah. Andrew Yang. So, Zelina Vega is now not in the WWE. This woman worked so hard to get there. She tried out multiple times, kept going, kept going. She was in TNA as uh, Rosa something, Rosita maybe. And, um, you know, she, ever since she's gotten on screen, even in NXT, she's been very entertaining. This past entire year, her and her stable, especially when Paul Heyman was running Raw, she had a major spotlight. That spotlight... We got, we got a, uh, a response from Jose that says, Yang Gang. <laughs> Agreed. Anyway, so, um... What happened was, uh, we got we got Selena Vega actually in in-ring action. And I think less than a month ago, she challenged Asuka for the title. I mean, things were only going up for her. Right. But, because she doesn't want to stop her OnlyFans account, and she did, her and Alistair stopped their great YouTube channel, um... Now she's not employed by WWE. And I think that's bullshit. See, and the reason is bullshit, but the fact that happened, I think, will end up being good. Oh, yeah. I'm hoping that Alistair leaves as well. Yeah. Because ever since coming up to the main roster, they have done nothing for him. That's very true. Um... And there's a lot of options out there where both can do their craft. And if you want to support Zelina Vega, she has a Twitch, I believe. She has the OnlyFans. You can see what she's up to on social media. But yeah, that's the breaking news. That's the breaking news. Let's get into the regular episode. By the way, I'm your host, Tim Farley, and next to me is my trusted companion, John Kearns. What's up, everybody? Uh, so, John. Topic one this evening comes to us from Impact Wrestling. Uh, the Rascals have uh, been evicted, quote-unquote, I guess, I don't know, from the treehouse where they're from, and by proxy, also Impact Wrestling. They are leaving... Impact Wrestling. Yes, and at first I thought this was an angle, a storyline. It seemed like something that would be. But then we found out that Rich Swan and Trey Miguel will be wrestling Zach and Dez next week for their final match on Impact. Then we got information as the days went on that there is rumors that WWE has offered them a contract that's still on the table they're expected to sign, but they haven't yet. And I think this is a bad move. It's bad for Impact Wrestling, and it's bad for the Rascals. A couple years ago, we reviewed Slammiversary. Yeah. And we 
called the review the second coming of Impact Wrestling. Now, we had Sammy Callahan's group. We had LAX in full swing. Yeah. We had the Lucha Brothers. I mean, uh, we had Cage. We had Morrison. And it really looked like Impact was ready to say we're we're back since then they've lost all of those almost all of those names that i've named they've been trying they're in a constant it feels like they're in a constant rebuilding process and you know then they aptly titled one of their pay-per-views hard to kill Mm -hmm. the rascals when they showed up on impact it was Xavier first, Desmond Xavier, and he won the um, Super X Cup, I believe. And then Trey and Wentz followed, and Wentz and Des had great, um, great tag team um, runs. And Trey was a number one contender for the X Division and the world title this year. Um. <clears throat> It's okay to move because maybe you're being creatively stifled or there's a better deal on the table. But Zachary Wentz's wife, Kimberly, formerly Abby Lath from NXT, just got the impact. And we know what happens to wrestlers when they go to WWE. Don't we, John? Yep. What Absolutely. happens, John? Uh, well, they usually go to NXT and have an amazing run there, and then they get called up because they're well because they're so promising. We have to call them up for the main main two shows so that everybody can see them. But everybody ends up not seeing them because they're either completely changed or not utilized at all. Correct. I mean, I hate to say it, but WWE at this point, at least as far as Raw and SmackDown are concerned, are where wrestlers that aren't Randy Orton, Roman Reigns, or Kevin Owens or whatever. No, I wouldn't say Kevin Owens. I'd say Seth Rollins. It's where wrestlers that aren't those main people go to die. Basically. Um, Now, looking at... The work and the actual physical look of the Rascals. 205 Live is a dying breed. It's a dying yeah. brand. Are they going to bring them in to try and revive it? I'd say it's a dead brand. Are they trying to revive it with them? Are they going to be on NXT and be together? Are they going to split them up? Why sign Trey Miguel when you already have Ricochet and you're shitting on him for over a year? Uh, I just, I don't know. We have, we have a three-man team with Escobar, Wild, and Mendoza. Yeah. So if they keep them together, I could see that happening. Or, or the Undisputed Era. Right. Or Pat McAfee's new group. Right. So, 
This is a team that if they're going to go to WWE, my hope is that they would be like a Johnny Gargano, like a Tommaso Ciampa, um, and opt to go to NXT and stay in NXT for good. I think it'd be interesting if if they went to WWE just to go through developmental stuff and get on NXT and get a little bit more exposure and then didn't re-sign and went somewhere else. Yeah. Like, kind of used the WWE system to better themselves. Um, Use the WWE system the way the WWE system uses people. (laughs) Basically. Yeah. Basically. Um, I think if they keep Dez and Wentz as a tag team, I think they could do very good uh, on any of the brands. Yeah. Um, I mean, because we, we've we had tag team champions like that. We've had the Hardy Boys. We've had uh, Paul London and Brian Kendrick. Brian Kendrick's one of the smallest dudes WWE ever signed, but he's a tag champion. Um, yeah. But uh, Trey Miguel makes me wonder. Like, I really... He looks so much like Ricochet, and he wrestles a lot like Ricochet to the point where I feel like whoever signed them is going to show Vince a picture after they're signed, and Vince is going to say, we already have him. Yeah. And they're going to say, no, that's not Ricochet, and he's going to say, we already have him. Yeah. Uh... (laughs) No offense to Trey Miguel or, okay. or Ricochet, but yeah, full offense to Vince. Uh, topic numero dos. We're gonna talk about some uh, controversy that happened on AEW Dynamite this past week. Um, now we know that AEW, AEW fans. For 99.9% of the company company's existence has been overwhelmingly positive. Yes. But Wednesday night and Thursday morning, there was an overwhelming uh, uh, reaction. Negative response. Negative response. To one specific segment. Yes. Um, some are calling it the worst segment in AEW's short history. I don't know that I would go that far. Um, well, what was the segment? The segment... Cody came out and said... Was Cody in the ring, and he congratulated Darby on beating him for the TNT title. And there will be no rematch. There will be no rematch at this time, because he still has unbus- unfinished business with MJF. Q... With no music, no graphic, no anything. No name. Uh, no name. This, uh, this mysterious woman who uh, walked out to the ring um, and informed everyone that her name was Jade Cargill. And that she was there to let Cody know uh, that he calls himself the giant killer. But what would he know about being giant? There's nothing giant about him. Which is the most sophomoric, idiotic statement I've ever heard. The on whole the show. time while we were watching it, 
I was thinking, is this like the impact angle with AJ Styles, like Claire Lynch? Yeah. Because I'm like, I wasn't understanding what she was saying. That's what it seemed and like. And was... a lot of people yeah. are saying that her promos need work. Um, but go ahead, John. Um, Explain the rest. So she says that... I don't even remember what she said. Because it, it was That just, was it. It was and idiotic. And somebody came out. So, well, no, we have to... Fucking point. Yes, yes, I understand that. But I have to mention the celebrity. I haven't done that yet. Because for some reason, it is implied that we are getting a stupid, idiotic, WWE-esque celebrity match at a future AEW event. That seems to be, it's going to be Shaquille O'Neal, formerly of the Los Angeles Lakers. And Orlando Magic. And Orlando Magic. And uh, he's going to be wrestling Cody Rhodes. And my biggest question is why? And it seems painfully obvious that this is something that TNT wants and not AEW. As Shaq has a show on TNT, he's also a lead commentator for their basketball programs uh, with Barkley and such. Yeah. Uh, Now, the woman, Jade Cargill, uh, has officially been signed to All Elite Wrestling as a wrestler. So, I'm curious, I'm cautiously curious to see what she does in the ring. Uh, I hope it's better than the promo that we got out of her. Well, the best thing about the entire segment... The best thing about the entire segment, and what I think saved the segment, was Brandy Rhodes walking out there and just verbally eviscerating this woman. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And, like... And Brandy's gotten some criticism for her promo skills in the past, but it made... Jade made Brandy look like The Rock on the microphone. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, I'm not going to say verbatim, but she threw out the B word, threw out Ratchet, Trifling. Like, <laughs> this isn't, this isn't in an offensive way, but this woman brought the black out of Brandy. Right. Like, yeah, she was using Ebonics and such. Yeah, and but it was awesome. And uh, so this lady, Jade Cargill, she's a Nightmare Factory alum, and uh, she trained with A.R. Fox and Heath Slater at their schools. Yep. So she's got good, she seemingly has good training. She also has a master's degree in sci- child psychology. She yeah. has a kid herself, and like, she's in amazing shape. There's a lot of good about her. There's a lot of potential. And I want to see what she does in the ring. The promo needs work, but we could say that about a lot of people. So, I didn't enjoy the segment that much, but I'm not going to call it the worst in AEW's history. No, especially whenever you have Kip Sabian and Miro doing their thing. Yeah. Uh, because that is just atrocious. Right. Um, but, yeah, I would say it's because TNT, it was TNT's idea and they TNT wanted, wanted, wanted to happen. TNT wants Shaq involved. Um, 
Am I looking forward to it? No, but I did see pictures online that Shaq is training in the ring as we speak. Well, so, who knows? If Shaq is training, he's already got to leg up on some other celebrity involvements. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. I'll say that. Uh, let's move on to more in- impact, more dynamite stuff. A dynamite return, Tim Farley. Yes. The return of the bastard. bastard. Pack is back. And it's better than ever. <laughs> and, yeah, um, we got the video package last week where it, there was like like 20 of Pack, And um, he it, was hearing all these names. Hearing all One the names. One of them was Eddie, Eddie Kingston. Yeah. So, Pack returns at the at the end of the show, right after the Lucha Brothers had their match, Pena El Zero Miedo versus Ray Phoenix. Um, which let's talk about that match for a minute. You go ahead. Great match. Uh, was much different from their first match in the tag uh, in the uh, World Championship Eliminator Tournament. Mm-hmm. Eddie Kingston was on commentary. And he kept talking about his best friend, Pentagon. And Pentagon started ripping off Phoenix's mask, to which Eddie was cheering for. Uh, And then whenever Ray did it to Pentagon, Eddie was saying that should be a disqualification. Pentagon ended up winning, and Eddie came down to congratulate his best friend and... He has this family, right? But, and Phoenix is in it, but he kicked Phoenix out of the ring and said, that's enough of you, or something like that. And as soon as he started doing these disrespectful things to Phoenix, Pat came out. And he said, did you really think, uh, he said something like, did you forget about me or something like that? Or you really think I'd let this happen? Because before the pandemic started, they were going forward with the Death Triangle, which is Pac, Phoenix, and Pentagon. Which the hand signal for is this, which the only one of them that still does it is Ray Phoenix. Yes. Now, Eddie Kingston is obviously a heel. We've been saying for a while that Pentagon needs to go full heel. I would say the family itself is full heel. Mm-hmm. Except Phoenix. He's not really a heel. Yeah, Pac, he, does, he doesn't really do anything dastardly. Pack is the bastard. Yeah. Does, does Pack turn face? Does he even have to? I don't think he has to. I, I think he's he's over no matter what. Um, but I definitely think that at some point, maybe even at Revolution, we're getting Pack and Phoenix versus Kingston and Pentagon. That'd be interesting. <clears throat> um, next week, Pack has his first uh, match against the family. On the 18th. Um, against the Blade. I imagine he'll have to go through everyone yeah. until he finally gets to Kingston, which will probably be after that. Ta- would you think the tag match would happen before or after 
Eddie and Pac wrestled each other? I can't decide. I can't decide what I want more, but I definitely want... If we're getting Omega and Moxley on the December 2nd edition of Dynamite, we should also be getting Kingston and Pac there. If because they're all they're calling it the biggest dynamite ever, right? So then save the tag match for, for Revolution. Because if if there's a split, then I could definitely see Pack and Fe- uh, Phoenix going into the tag team division, right? For sure. Um, even though I don't really want that to happen because I think they're great singles wrestlers. Yeah, but like. But they would be fantastic. Yeah, they'd be as fantastic. A team. Um, now, Kingston and Pack did come to blows multiple times before the show went off the air. Uh, they had every referee in the company out there trying to pull them apart. Yeah. So, I mean, that fight is going to happen. And I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I'm so glad Pack's back. I'm marked out like a <laughs> fucking idiot. I, I, I marked out like an idiot, and it, for me, when you were here, it was the second time I was watching it. Right. Um, <laughs> so, we're going to move on now to our fourth? Yep. Yes, fourth topic of the evening. The MLW restart is looking damn fine. Yes. Uh, since the pandemic started, MLW stopped running their show Fusion and have been putting out uh, anthologies of certain wrestlers, um, MLW Underground, which is older matches in their library, because MLW actually started a long time ago and was basically the true heir to ECW. Right. Um, But now... So this is like the re-restart. Right. So... (laughs) For the past few months, Court Bauer has been on Twitter talking about roster additions and this and that uh, for the restart. They're calling it the restart. And we finally found out a good bit of information. Next week uh, on Wednesday, it will be on uh, YouTube at 7 p.m. and FUBU Sports. And November 21st on BN Sports, um, the the uh, the new roster additions, Leo Rush, who has been making waves in GCW as of late and is going to be in the Super J Cup. Yeah. ACH, who's been doing similar things. Calvin Tankman, who, ha- who has been on a lot of GCW and independent shows. Kevin Koo, who is actually roster member Dominic Garini's tag team partner on the Independence called Violence Is Forever. And it is already implied that they will be a tag team. They are not going to act like we don't know anything. Right. They're going to put them together. <laughs> and one of the people that I'm most excited about, who I used to watch uh, on WWN... And he went over to, I believe, Noah or All Japan for a while with his tag partner, Odinson, Paro. Uh, and Paro, if you've never seen him, he is a monster. Uh, He's a massive man. Yes. Massive. 
Um, we also found out the two matches that will be taking place on the first uh, episode of the relaunch of Fusion. Yeah, we're going to get... Um, it's, it's a double main event. Double main event is what they're billing it as. We've got the World Middleweight Championship. Myron Reed is of Injustice. Uh, defending against Brian Pillman Jr., friend of the show, of the Hart Foundation. Uh, this is coming off the heels of Injustice attacking Brian Pillman Jr. multiple times uh, with not very much help from the Hart Foundation. Um, <laughs> the, 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 the big main event is going to be the 2019 Opera Cup winner, which the Opera Cup is coming back as part of the restart. Um, Heart Foundation member Davey Boy Smith Jr. versus Contra Unit member, current MLW World Heavyweight Champion Jacob Fatu. Uh, is this for the championship? Yes. Yes. So Jacob Fatu is defending against Davey Boy Smith Jr. Is this uh, Davey Boy's prize for winning the Opera Cup? Is that what that's for? Or is that just for that trophy? No, I, it's just for the trophy. For the trophy I believe that I'd this like was to, made because yeah, uh, Davy Boy has a great record in MLW, and uh, also Brian Pillman Jr. and uh, Davy Boy Smith's contracts are coming up with MLW, and we've seen Brian Pillman Jr. on AEW and AEW Dark, so I'm guessing they worked something out, right? Um, I don't know what's going on with Davey Boy, but these two matches should not be slept on. Myron Reed is an incredible high flyer. Brian Pillman Jr. is just like his dad. He has great charisma, great in the ring. Um, Davey Boy has that great MMA style, rap-based wrestling, and Jacob Fatu is a fucking machine. Yeah. The guy is incredible. And... um, So, like, yeah, um, Jacob Fatu, I'm going to be honest, I'm just frothing at the mouth to see Jacob Fatu fight again. Yeah. Um, But MLW looks like it's coming back strong. Uh, I can't wait to see where all of the factions go. Right. A lot of factions. Our girl, Selena De La Renta. Her friend of the show, she's kind of lost uh, most of her clients to either Conan or whoever, so she needs to come back in a big way. Um, yeah, we know Tom Lawler's back. Yep, and uh, and, got, he, and he has a faction, Team Filthy. Yep, and we got uh, we got uh, Alex Hammerstone, the Von Eric. Hammerstone's fantastic. Hammerstone is one of the best Twitter follows we've ever made because the man, the man spits facts. Yeah. Whenever he can. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, let's remind the folks at home that may not be familiar with MLW as much who the current champions are. You got Jacob Fatu, current world heavyweight champion, Myron Reed, world middleweight champion. Uh, the Von Ericks are the tag champions. 
Um, what are their names? Marshall and Eric, I believe. Marshall and Eric. Marshall and... Uh, Marshall and... I'm not sure. Okay. Um, and whose kids are they? Are they Carrie's kids? It's probably the one who's alive. Probably the one who's alive. Who's... Don't know. Don't remember. He's listed on the roster. I should have looked. Um, but yeah. So, we got second generation tag champions, which is always cool. And Alex Hammerstone, who we just mentioned, is their national openweight champion. Yes. So they, they have an openweight title. Much and like with Conan being involved, there's a lot of work with AAA that they do. Last year they announced <laughs> that they were going to be working with Japanese companies like Noah and Dragon Gate. Yeah. Um, obviously that's been put on hold because of the pandemic. But, um, you know, I'm pretty happy about this. Uh, I hope I hope there's... I hope there's good stuff to watch. I think there will be. Uh, we got two previews for you this evening. Technically three. But... <clears throat> well, technically three, but you know. We got some more tournament turmoil coming from Japan. New Japan specifically. Uh, <laughs> we have the World Tag League and Best of the Super Juniors. Both running November fifteenth to November to, uh, to December eleventh. Easy for me to say. Um, uh, Yoshinobu Kanemaru was originally supposed to be in Best of the Super Juniors, but has had to forfeit his spot due to a knee injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, his replacement, however, is probably the most promising young lion. That New Japan has had since I've started watching. Yuya Yumara. This kid is incredible. So, let's get into... We have the Night One cards here. Yes, we can and talk the Night about. One card is going to be both Best of Super Junior and World Tag League matches. And then they're going to stagger? I think so. Yeah. Uh... And also, the best of the Super Juniors, if you're not familiar, is not like the G1. There's yeah. not two sides. Uh, this is whoever has the most points at the end, number one and two, they will face each other. And then the usually the best of Super Junior winner goes on to Wrestle Kingdom to wrestle for the junior title. Yeah. Who holds the junior heavyweight title right now? Is it not... Ishimori? Is it Ishimori? Yes. Is that what that is? <laughs> I couldn't tell I couldn't tell if it was one of the tag belts or the main title. Yeah. Well, if Ishimori wins, he gets to pick his, yeah, he gets his, to pick his uh, opponent. opponent for Wrestle Kingdom. So they are kicking it off in a big way with two of the best juniors in New Japan history, in my opinion. Uh Hiroma Takahashi. Against Taiji Ishimori, the current I- IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, <clears throat> it's gonna be a that's damn going banger. to be that's gonna be the main event for night one. Um, let's talk about we got the main event for World Tag League is another showcase of top New Japan talent. Of top current New Japan talent. You got Finn Juice. David Finley. Juice Robinson. Against. Representing the Bullet Club. For life. 
Gorillas of Destiny, Tonga 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 Loa. Now we have a returning three wrestlers here, and I was very excited about it. There's a few other things that I'm excited about with these tournaments, but World Tag League I don't usually follow because New Japan doesn't really put a lot of focus on it. They put a lot of focus on the wrestlers' singles abilities. Um, that being said, having G.O.D. and Finn Juice wrestle each other on night one is a big thing because Finn Juice beat G.O.D. for the titles and then G.O.D. won them back in America. Uh, so I am looking forward to that match. <clears throat> Uh, some more best of the Super Junior action. We've got Ryusuke Taguchi versus El Desperado. Desperado representing Suzuki Go. Desperado, man. <laughs> Definitely Desperado. We've got World Tag League action. The team that I'm looking the most forward to. Representing LIJ, we've got Shingo Takagi teaming up for what I believe is the first time ever with Sonata. In a regular tag team, I believe. In a regular tag team. This team is going to be incredible. Now, they're facing the defector. The man that turned his back on LIJ. And his friend, I suppose. <laughs> Yujiro Takahashi. Teaming up with LIJ defector evil. And... The interesting thing here is that he's fighting against a team that contains his a guy his that perpetual he got, tag partner. Yeah, that he got the titles with on multiple occasions. Yeah, Sonata. So, who are we picking here? I don't know. Uh, I really don't know what to think about Evil at this time. Right. Uh, I mean, but I, I'm a Shingo stan. So Shingo. I'm picking LJ. And I'm a Shingo and Sonata stan. BOSJ time. We got representing Rapongi 3K show against another LIJ representative, Bushi. Show. Show. I'm picking show. I I'm love LIJ. Sh- I'm picking show to win the show. entire BOSJ. I mean, I t- that's hard to disagree with. World Tag Week. We got the Hiroki champions. Yeah, the the champs. champions, uh, dangerous techers of Zack Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi. Against representing Suzuki Go, yes. Against Chaos members Hiroki Goto and Yoshi Hashi, yeah. Who also hold the Never Openweight Three Way belts. Yeah, they've been having a lot of fighting on the road to power struggle and such. I could see an upset here. Yeah, I especially if um, I could see. Goto picking up a pin on Zack Sabre Jr. He has in the past. I believe he did in the G1. Um, yeah. I'm thinking we get... This is our upset of the night. Yeah. By that we mean Chaos Beats the Champions. Chaos Beats the Champs. We're returning... Ah, yes. Robbie Eagles against... Dookie. <laughs> And a lot of people are putting stock in Dookie now because uh, he and Saber and Tai Chi went for the triple uh, man titles and lost, but apparently he really stood out. I did not see the match, unfortunately. Yeah. But 
This is going to be a good one. And I'm going to pick Dirty. <laughs> now, we're walking down this hallway. I want to walk into a, 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 a side room for a quick second. Um, are we going to see Robbie Eagles join Will Ospreay's new faction, The Empire? No, not right now. <laughs> not right now? Not right now. I don't know, man. They're not, they're not going to put multiple people in right now. Because with this World Tag League, we're going yeah. to find out a new member but of the Empire. But, but wouldn't it be crazy if it was Robbie Eagles? If he was in both tournaments? Yeah. That'd be nuts. That'd be crazy. <laughs> That'd be a death wish on his part. Uh, but yeah. Um, when we get to that match, we'll talk the only about reason, The only reason I'm saying it is because Robbie Eagles was brought into chaos by Will Ospreay. Right. Birds of prey, man. Yeah. Birds of prey. But we're both picking Duke. Uh, speaking, speaking of the devil. Now, got... here's the thing with this match. We got Toa Hanare, who's coming back, with Hiroshi Tanahashi against the Empire of the Great Okan and, and X. When Jeff Cobb was announced as... Uh, as a member of the New Japan roster full-time, Toa Hanare posted on social media, making us think that they would be in the World Tag League together. Obviously, that's not the case. Yeah. Jeff Cobb. I'm excited. Jeff Cobb's my pick for the newest member of the Empire. I and think, if that I think, happens... I think if Will Ospreay has a quarter of a brain in his head, he's looking at Jeff Cobb. If I, and if I'm if I'm <clears> right, <throat> the finals of World Tag League should be Ocon and Cobb against Shingo and Sonata. It'd be so good. It'd be so good. Shingo versus Jeff Cobb was an incredible contest in the G1. Um... So, Shit, every Shingo match yeah. except Ed Yujiro Takahashi was amazing. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, depending on who the mystery guy is, I think we got to pick the Empire. But, I mean, you got the ace on the other side. I. Also, after, after his loss and power day, struggle. On this day, 11 13, big happy birthday shout out to Mr. Hiroshi Tanahashi. Nice. <laughs> um, it's really interesting. To see Tanahashi in the World Tag League with Toa Hanare. With not Kota Ibushi. Um, and he just lost uh, the match to Kenta for the briefcase. Yes. And for the first time in many years, I don't know where Tanahashi lands on January 4th or 5th. Yeah. Um, so they better do something with him and something quick. Um, I don't see them winning the tag team tournament because they really haven't put a lot of stock in Hanare, but that could change right now. Um, so yeah, there'll be a team to watch as well. Okay, now, best of the Super Juniors. Blue Master Watto. Master Watto, the most recent young lion to come back from Excursion against 
the most promising young lion New Japan has had in a long time, Yuya Umura. I'm looking for a win for Umura. I think it would get people talking immediately on night one. That would be good. Uh, but I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think his upset will be at someone like Watto. Yeah. He's going to beat somebody. He's going to beat somebody. He's He 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 could beat Ishimori. That would be the upset. That would be insane. Yeah. A young line beating a current champ. That would be absolutely insane. But dude. look at what Yuya Umura did... Um, not very long ago, when he was in those matches against guys like Shingo. Guys well, see, like that's Suzuki. the thing about this whole like, year. Yuya Umura whole... was getting in that ring and running straight at Suzuki and punching him in the damn face. I mean, we saw Young Lions in in the uh, New Japan Cup. Yeah. Because this year is so screwy. Do, that begs the question, do these guys like Gabriel Kidd, Yuya and Suji... Do they necessarily have to go on excursion? Or should they be given a gimmick and pushed into it right now? Of the three, I'd say the one that doesn't need to go on excursion is Gabriel Kidd. Yeah. And you said Jeff Cobb for the mystery person in the Empire. I'm going to pick Gabriel Kidd. I would have. But seeing as how Jeff Cobb... If that Jeff Cobb thing didn't happen. Seeing how Jeff Cobb is a full-time roster uh, addition now. He just got through the G1. Uh, he can't not be in what they're going to be doing for a month. Right. You know what I mean? Otherwise, I would definitely pick Kid as the as the uh, other Empire. Member. I think whichever one of us is correct, it's not going to matter because it's going to be awesome. Be awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, World Tag Week. Kicking off World Tag Week night one. One good wrestler. Oh, come on now. I mean, you're not wrong. Uh, if that one good wrestler is the king of pro wrestling, you're right. Um, no, it's going to be a funny match. It is It'll be, be entertaining. Match. But, uh, more returns. We've been talking about the returns. This is the first night we're going to have the full Bullet Club in the same building for a long time. Yeah. You got Bad Luck Fale and Chase Owens coming back across the pond. Uh, across the real big pond. Uh, <laughs> well, Fale... Has Fale just been there? Have to, just has to take a boat. Yeah, he right just... Over. I think he just walks through the ocean. Yeah. Um, <laughs> against Tomohiro Ishii and Toriyano representing Chaos. Um, just because Ishii and the King of Pro Wrestling are on the team, I'm going with them. Yeah, but I think it's really again, lucky that Ishii got the Bullet, king of pro wrestling. With Bullet Club being all back together and us thinking that Evil and Yuzuro is going to lose, maybe Chase and Foley take that win. Yeah. So we are 10 minutes away from the end of 6 and 60. Yes, we are. And we have one more thing to talk about. One more thing to talk about. And that about. thing is happening tonight on Fight at 10 p.m. Eastern. And that is Talking Shop of Mania 2, presented by the Good Brothers and Rocky Romero. Um, I am so ready for the shit show. And it's going to be an even bigger one. Yeah. Uh, apparently, <laughs> there's going there's more names that are going to be 
at the uh, at the event. I'm talking big names. We got I got the list right there, boss. We got Scott Steiner, big pop, big Papa Pump holler if you hear me. Uh, Hurricane Helms and Gangrel, who just appeared at the Elite Deletion for AEW. Yeah. Uh, Scott Demore, Impact guy. Uh, Enzo Enzo Amore, why? But funny. Well, he was there. He last he time. was there at the first one. Yeah, he was the ring announcer for that match when nobody showed up. Uh, Chavo Guerrero, Teddy Long, Tommy Dreamer, Justin Incredible, uh, Nathan Orton. I'm not sure who that is. Me either. That's, not, is, is is that going to be? Is, is that a relative? I we would know. Yeah, I, I, we would know if that was a relative, right? Rhino, Rhino, Heath, Heath JTG. Brian Myers, formerly Kurt Hawkins. Uh, Balls Deep Billy. The Warlord. Like the what? Oh my god. They got the Warlord and the Barbarian. Holy shit. Uh, Freight Train. Ball Lame Man. Barbarian. Uh, Virgil. I hope. Oh, I hope they have a Virgil like merch table spot. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> uh, Sammy Callahan, thumbs up, thumbs down. But thumbs up for Sammy Callahan. The Rock and Roll Express, obviously. They're at every freaking wrestling show that's not WWE now. Um, Ethan Page, Taya Valkyrie, Mark Jindrak. I'm excited for that. Very Thank excited. God, dude. Very excited. Mark Jindrak Mark is, I'm going to say... The wrestler who in history has been the most slighted in his career. Keep going. Um, Martin Drake. Rory Fox. Mike Knox. Where'd they get him from? Madman Fulton. Air Paris. Swaggle. Yes. Mr. Hughes. Alex Kozloff. Um, uh, NJBW Strong alum currently. Uncle Bobby Ferguson. That's just gonna be Luke Gallows. It's just gonna be Luke Gallows. <laughs> come, come on, keep it's going. It's just gonna be Luke Gallows. Uh, Paul Lee, Kevin Furtick. I don't know. Who's Kevin Furtick? No, that name sounds familiar. I don't know. I think that's. I think that's somebody. George North, Laser, uh, Larry Otto Man, former porn star. Annie Cruz? Is that who that is? Yeah. Oh. Oh, because I didn't know because there's another porn star on there. David Penzer, who I believe... No, his name was Daniel Pewter. Never mind. Daniel Penzer. Uh, Bryce Cannon. What? What? You're making me say it, aren't you? Rim job! Rim job. Stump Kowalski. Stump Kowalski. Frankie Coverdale. Chris Van Vliet! Shout out to Chris Van Vliet. That's awesome that he's going to be there. I think he's the ring announcer. And one of the and, best to ever do it. And you know what it is. Lisa Ann. Now, last talking shop. Man, what a roster. We had the boner yard match between Chad, Chad Too Bad and, and Sex Ferguson. <laughs> and who won that match? Chad Too Bad. And after that, Sex Ferguson said he wasn't done. And they are wrestling again tonight in a ball for a ball I'm not match. done with you yet, Chad. <laughs> Luke Gallows said this is going to be entertain- an entertaining shit show and that nothing is off limits it is. in the talking shop 
uh, universe. They will make fun of everything. If you watch the yeah. first one, you, Heath Slater, yeah, Heath Slater was, was Stang. 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 And then they had this hilarious dude who was like was a Ric Flair impersonator. Woo! Woo! I mean, there's a woo on every head. Every time he cranked that headlock, he was saying woo. Um, it is the hashtag second worst pay-per-view ever. The first one was the worst pay-per-view ever. Uh, what's not to be excited about for this? Yeah, if you can't enjoy this, you're probably Jim Cornette. Anyway. That's true. <laughs> um, John. Johnny. At the end of the last Jimmy. show, you told them about something you were doing. Yeah, I did. Update um, them. I will update them. So, last week, um, I did my Extra Life stream, my Extra Life game day stream. Uh, my goal was $1,000. And I said that if I got $1,000, I would get the Extra Life tattoo, uh, the Extra Life logo tattooed on my arm. Um, I did not reach $1,000. But that tattoo is going to happen anyway because it was an incredible experience and something that I'll remember for the rest of my life. Because I got, I raised $500 (laughs) for the Pittsburgh Children's Hospital. And I thought I was going to get like $100 or like maybe $200. Right. But I got this neat little, I got this neat little thing back here. This is one of the one of the uh, the prizes that I got for for the two hundred fifty dollar mark. This little extra life cinema box that I got. Uh, there's more prizes coming. I'm looking forward to showing off to you folks. But yeah, I mean, thank you anybody that showed. I know um, our friend Mr. Warren Hayes showed up. Even he even played Among Us with me for a while. Um, he kicked some cash over, which was awesome. Uh, <laughs> I do need to bring back it's here. <coughs> it's right there. Um, I brought back the Jim Ross hat from last episode. So yeah, five hundred dollars for the, for the kids. Couldn't be happier. Thank you, That's everyone who awesome. came over. Our friend said the nerdy Mark came and played Among Us with me and Warren. Uh, yeah. A lot, lot of cool stuff. A lot of great stuff happened. Awesome. And with that, wherever you are in the world, whether it's morning, noon, or night, you have a great one. And peace and love to all of you. Bang! Bang!